If you're a new transplant to New Hampshire, you might not have noticed our other foliage season. Each spring, tiny tree flowers and swelling buds paint a subtle wash of pastel color on our hillsides and wetlands. We don't get bright March cherry blossoms like they do in D.C. Maybe our problem is we're trying to compare our northern surroundings to warmer climes too soon and feel inadequate. Colorful sticks are not as exuberant as flower blossoms, but we're New Hampshire Yankees. Suffering is the wellspring of our stoic character. Even if you're a long-time granite stater and have learned to appreciate this so-called micro-season, you might not know what's really taking place during early bud burst. I'm Dave Anderson with the Forest Society. And I'm Chris Martin with New Hampshire Audubon, and this is Something Wild. The colors spread from the coastal plain, where spring arrives earliest, to the ridges of the Monadnock region, and eventually to the White Mountains. What are these trees and shrubs that color the landscape this time of year? As winter fades, red osier dogwood stems growing in wetlands are unmistakable. Bright red buds swell on red maple twigs, and the bark and bud scales of apple trees' youngest twigs also appear reddish on the warm sunny days. Yellow canes of weeping willow brighten the early spring landscape. And the smooth gray bark of twigs of young poplars, trembling aspen and cottonwood, all develop a greenish tint well before their leaves appear. Our state tree, the paper birch, develops a dark maroon tinge on its young twigs. And so does the pin cherry, another thin bark species. These trees are all fast-growing, sun-loving pioneer species, which make up New Hampshire's young deciduous forest. They grow fast in full sunlight and compete well in the botanical relay race called Succession. Succession, like the TV series. Well, not exactly. There's no media empire here. But these trees are vying for prominence, and they're fighting for their share of the wealth, which in this case are resources like light and nutrients. And there is a strategy behind twig and bud scales' bright colors. Those pigments allow them to get a head start on converting sunlight to sugar and producing new growth even before the leaves emerge. Exactly. The vernal window opens early with stronger sunlight and warming temperatures. Thin bark, sometimes called photosynthetic bark, allows sunlight to more easily penetrate. Many use a pigment called anthocyanin to capture and convert light. Low-growing alpine plants buried under the snowpack until May can produce sugar even before the snow is gone by using the same pigment. Take a look at twigs in early spring. Many are green just beneath the bark. The ability to photosynthesize before temperatures warm enough for the leaves to safely emerge is an adaptation for cold climates. Tender leaf tissues can easily be damaged by freezing frost. Sort of like when I put out my tomato sets too early. Yeah. Well, contrast that with trees without photosynthetic bark. Take sugar maples, for example. They rely on converting starch that's stored in the roots but was produced in the leaves last summer. It has to be reconverted back into sugar and then sent all the way back up the stem to fuel the developing leaves. (laughs) Did this just turn into a maple syrup script? Yeah, I'm sorry. But it's all about sunlight. You know, you can see color develop on sunny late winter days. It's a proxy for when sap is flowing. When I see weeping willow stems develop that bright yellow, it tells me that maple sap is coursing in the tap lines of our sugar bush. Hmm. Apparently, you can learn a lot from watching trees. Yep, and they don't tend to fly away either. Yes, indeed. I'm Chris Martin. And I'm Dave Anderson. Something Wild is a joint production of New Hampshire Audubon, the Forest Society, and NHPR, and is produced by the team at Outside In.